2: Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. Oh yeah, we do this first. Yeah, and this do. is Peyton Jones. I was starting the podcast before the podcast started. Now, what's your story? Well, Brandon Brooks actually sent me a package. Now, I gotta be honest, when Brandon Brooks sends me a package, he's
1: Mel Brooks's his, his his like grandson, right? What? He's Mel Brooks' grandson, isn't he? Not that I know of come on, let's start a rumor.
2: Ooh, ooh, Oh, yeah. So uh, Mel Brooks's grandson, Brandon <laughs> Brooks, actually sent me a package. Now, I mentioned last week that I randomly will get a weird like retro 80s thought and nobody is as fun to communicate with this as Brandon, right? Like he has lightning fast fingers and he will send me like a string of like 20 images that are just amazing, right? Like, a legit like stream of consciousness, boom, boom, boom from the eighties and all my childhood flashes before my eyes. So I sent him a picture that I came across just randomly. Cause there's that connection. Hey, check this out. And, um, it was me as a kid dressed up in this homemade, uh, Gamorrean guard costume that my mom made from return of the Jedi when it came out. And I mean, we had like a broom handle and uh, like an ax. It looked just like the ax out of the movie, um, I had the, the rubber mask and he asked, he goes, Hey, now, now level with me on this. Is that because you really wanted to be a Gamorrean guard or is that because you went to the store and that's what they had? I was like, dude, this was like the eighties, man. Like that's what they had. That's how we rolled back then. If you went to a supermarket and that was the the mask they had, that's what you were, right? Like you, you couldn't like order stuff on Amazon and get the costume you wanted. It was either at the store or wasn't. And so I was like, yeah, no, but my mom made all these like chest guards from like milk carton, uh, the plastic milk jugs. So I had all the shoulder plates and stuff that she made. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom wasn't a cosplayer, but my dad was a director. My mom was a costume builder and choreographer for him back in the day. So she had the legit. And I had like this pillow stuff to make me all fat. And, uh, it, dude, it was awesome. It was a great costume. So he sends me this T-shirt for Christmas this week. It's the Motorhead logo, right? It's like that little ogre. Thing, I have you no
1: know, idea. The, what That's got like horns.
2: But it's a Gamorrean guard. And it's a Gamorrean guard. I don't even know what a Gamorrean guard
1: is. So, you know,
2: I'm, I'm you know, know the, the little squatty pig dudes from Jabba's palace. Okay.
1: But you got to say little squatty pig dudes from Jabba's
2: (laughs) palace. I don't know what they're called. You are the most unnerdiest star Wars fan on the planet. And I dig that about you. (laughs) I just, okay. (laughs) Squatty pig dudes from Jabba's palace. We should make a dummy's guide to Star Wars and reverse engineer that squatty pig dudes from Jabba's that like have it like a reverse, you know, for people getting into uh, the dummy's guide to Star Wars. Chewie's chickens. Oh my gosh,
1: Chewbacca's Dude. chicken. What would that be called? Chewbacca's chicken. You remember the chicken who's <laughs> in the new movies, whatever those little bird thingies were? The- oh, yeah. He's eating like
2: <laughs> those are poor. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. This is like Jeopardy. This is like Star Wars. Jeopardy. What is Squatty Little Pig Dudes? <laughs> what is Chewbacca's Chicken for 500, Chuck?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, that would be porgs. There you go. Ding, ding, porgs. Ding, ding. I forgot what they were
2: called. You know, I, I thought that movie was so dumb, but I actually kind of like the porg. I actually do like them. I don't know why they're stupid. They are oh, stupid. Okay. They're really dumb. But, uh, oh, dude, I still want to show what up, though. about Mandalorian? Oh, my gosh. Dude, was on my list to talk about today. <laughs> you wrote a list. I wrote a list. You I became I was prepared like, for the first time in seven years. Did you notice how when you asked me what the topic is, I'm like, boom, I prepared today, baby.
1: Dude, that Mandalorian was off the hook.
2: Oh dude, thank you for saying because I thought I was gonna have to fight you today. Cause I, I literally the Asaka Tano one the week before was a masterpiece. And I thought to myself Wait, did she have
1: white lightsabers? They she did because they
2: didn't because they didn't
1: look the Jedi Order. I know, right? So she's no longer blue or green. She she no. went to the
2: white. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing, dude, is I thought to myself, like, I was so into that episode. Like
1: All I can say is there is no way. The Mandalorian's armor is going to protect him from a lightsaber. That part? Right. I was right. like, no. Well, of
2: course. No. Yeah. <clears throat> but apparently the dark saber goes through. I can't remember what the dark saber does. It's like a lightsaber. I heard but you I thought could it actually use through. it to carve
1: your turkey at Thanksgiving quite well.
2: <clears throat> I know. Uh, by the way, all this coughing, uh, we figured it out. It's because of all this uh, insulation, dirt, right? Like that, I've You haven't bothered to a cover with drywall yet. <laughs> I have black lung now, you know. So, anyways, <clears throat> I know I do. I'm I'm hopefully going to cover some of it this week because I, I can't keep sitting in this crap. You think? So, yeah. So, anyways, um, <clears throat> when they find out I have cancer later, they'll be like, "Have you sat in a bunch of fiberglass?" I'll be like, "Yeah, too much. Don't you mean again? Twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, anyways, dude, I was like, there's no way they can top that one. The atmospherics of that one, just the filmography. I'm like, no way can they beat that. This was my favorite ever. Absolute favorite episode ever. So good. What did you love about it?
1: I can't even remember what happened. <laughs> I just remembered <liked it.
2: laughs> Boba stinking oh. fat turns up and he's as bad to the bone as it comes.
1: I thought it was funny that he's fat now. And it's like, I don't care. I'm putting on my armor. I'm like a dad. <laughs> I know like, like,
2: he was a bit more chunky, right?
1: He's rocking the dad bod with armor on. <laughs> and it's just the top and the helmet. Like he doesn't You know. Have what's any funny the, about that
2: actor wow. though, is he was, he was portly in um, when he played Django. But I remember he was thinking, more fit. He was, but I remember thinking back then, that ain't no, you know, bounty hunter body. That's, that's not a dude that's been on the move, but it kind of worked because he had a cushy job with the Caminoans. Sure. Yeah. He was like, Oh, you know, I'm living this life in the lap of luxury. I don't have to go out hunting anymore. I'm just chilling like a villain. And, uh, but I, I will tell you, it, it's funny. Cause you know how he's all scarred up and he's all fat and bald. The other day I was coming out of my house and I was like, Huh? I'm a bit more like Boba Fett these days,
1: <laughs> but there's no way he would have survived the pit. Like if he could survive it, then anybody could survive it.
2: Well, it slowly digests you over a thousand years,
1: but you can't live that long. So it kind of doesn't matter how long it digests. But you can you.
2: get out. If you're Boba, right? He's Boba's resourceful. He's going to make it out,
1: but how does he lose his armor?
2: I figured that's how they <laughs> got the armor. Like the scarlet so pooped
1: it out. Here's one theory. It.
2: There's a theory that the Jawas who like to to go underground they they mine that stuff from underground they they mine the sarlacc so the sarlacc produces a chemical that they mine out of a living sarlacc apparently the story is that boba fett gunks up their mechanism and they go in to fix it he gets sucked into it from all this juice that they're and that he um like the, the Sarlacc stomach. So they mine his acidic juices. They, take so they have him, a really slow acting
1: acid that'll take a thousand yeah. years to digest anything. Perfect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so they pull him out of this stuff and he's all like half dead and they discard him and keep his armor and keep moving on. So that's why we find him out in the desert the way he is, and that's how the Jawas got his armor. So, and I knew that story years ago. But I don't know if that's what they're sticking to. Interesting.
1: He really didn't owe it to the Mandalorian to go get
2: Grogu because he went on a ship and took his armor back. Oh, dude, I was so bummed. If you guys have not seen it, I'm sorry that we didn't give you a spoiler alert. But now I'm really getting into spoilers. If you haven't seen it, look, it's been a week, man. It's been over a week by the time this is. That's your stinking fault. You're not a real Star Wars fan. You're not a church planner. Go rethink your life. So here's the deal. Um, when, uh, when Boba shows up and he's all fat and he's like, but he's in that hood and he's all like deserty, there's a couple things I really appreciate. Number one, he's fighting with the sand people thing. So obviously at one point he had to defend himself against sand people. He kicked the crap out of them. He stole their stuff. He's been surviving out as like a marauder on the dune sea of uh, what, what planet is that? Is that Tatooine? I can't remember well, what planet Tatooine Tatooine's on.
1: where he was at. So
2: yeah, so Tatooine. So he's there. That's right. It was Tatooine. So he's on Tatooine. He's just this desert nomad. I can't tell you how much I love that. And I tell you what I love even more is when he shows up, we don't get his backstory. His backstory wouldn't have made any sense to tell except to us, the audience. I love that they just left it. Like, you don't need to know that. Why would he tell that in this episode? So I love the fact that that didn't even come up. I love that all he wants is his armor. I was a little torn about, is he really a Mandalorian? I kind of like the idea that um, Jango was not a legit Mandalorian, right? Because I, I, Why wasn't he legit? Well, that was kind of the, the debate was always whether or not he really was a Mandalorian, but the way that they, because he took his helmet off, but the way that they, I think, they addressed it
1: because <laughs> the whole helmet thing wasn't real
2: until literally the show the Mandalorian show. Well, because clone wars, all the Mandalorians are taking their helmets off yeah, left and right. That's
1: why it was like, it's not, it's not, you guys just made this up. This so I love that he's a part of us. He
2: yeah. He's just part of the sect of it. That's like, Ultimately, like super diehard to save and restore the Mandalorians, I love that. Um, I hope they never change that with him. That he he stays true to that vow. <clears throat> but um, man, I just loved it, and I love that he's cr- like I've never seen stormtrooper armor crack apart before. That was amazing watching yeah. their armor shatter. Didn't it look like plastic? You're like, I knew it was yeah. plastic.
1: Why are they wearing it?
2: <laughs> it serves no purpose. Yeah, well, it definitely doesn't stop laser fire. You would think if you're going to wear armor, it's going to stop uh, laser fire. Right? I mean,
1: cops wear Kevlar to stop bullets. You wouldn't go, well, I'm going to use it in case someone throws think a about pencil Star at Wars,
2: me. Though, that's really interesting. Is the only people that have guns are rebels and smugglers. In that universe, people don't walk around with guns. You know, I don't know about that. They've usually got, like, Ray didn't have a gun. She had a staff, right? She was poor. She couldn't <laughs> afford a gun. But, but most people in that unit, like, Luke didn't have a gun. You know, I mean, poor. It, it, these guys. Huh? Poor. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. It, it, it's this oppressive universe that kind of like David in the, in the days of Saul, you know, only the Philistines had weapons. The Bible says in those days, no blacksmiths were allowed in the land. You know, and so that's how the, the empire doesn't allow anyone to walk around carrying a gun. So the only people you find are people like Han Solo and, you know, people that are on the wrong side of the law, the underground has weapons. Everybody else, it's like, if you got a stick or you got it, you know, and it's like the samurai, go back to the samurai, which this is all based on only the samurai had swords. The way that martial arts came about was they had to use their farm instruments to, uh, you know, the bow staff, all that, to nunchucks, to to rice beaters is what those were. you beat rice flour. They had to turn all that stuff into weapons, right, to fight against the samurai. And that's kind of the the whole Star Wars universe. So I liked that he's got the Sand People Club. He he doesn't have a gun. He's just out there. It was pretty cool. So like that Marshall in the previous, I mean, he has a gun. Most of the townsfolk don't, you know, they they, they don't have weapons. So I always... I don't remember where I was going with that, but um, yeah.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I got got a little nerded out on that one, didn't I?
1: I do explain to Luke. I go, that's Boba Fett's army. (coughs) He's like, what? I go, that's Boba Fett's armor. When that Marshall episode was on, he's like, is it really? How'd he get it? I'm like, I don't know.
2: I know i know that's exactly because it's got that telltale dent right there well did he always have the dent i couldn't remember he's always had the dent yeah why didn't he buff that out well you know uh bondo is hard to get in an empire weapons and bondo hard to get in the star wars universe yeah yeah he could he could have done a little rub and buff on there but you know um so welcome to the church planner podcast we're Pete and I talk about Star Wars and church planting, but man, I just got to say that was literally my favorite episode ever. But as soon as that title flashed up, the tragedy—I knew, oh, the baby's getting taken today. Oh, did you? you know? Yeah, but oh, this is where I was going. Well, that was Luke. the freaking goes, oh, Razor
1: it's Crest. Luke goes into tragedy, and then every time something would happen, he goes, "Is that the tragedy? Is that the tragedy?" And I go, "Shut up! Just watch the show." <laughs>
2: Dude, the Razor Crest getting destroyed broke my freaking heart. Not me. I thought it was a horrible ship. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's my that. favorite ship in the whole Star Wars Why? universe. So many things about it. So clunky, can barely run. <laughs> so when he was in Slave 1, I told Andrea, I was like, oh, he's taking Slave 1. Like, that's going to be his future ship now. Something's going to happen. Was Boba's going to die.
1: I don't even remember what Slave 1 was. Slave 1 is Boba's
2: ship. I oh. had that toy as a kid. That's how I know this. I had Slave One as a kid. This is what I love. So so as a kid, Slave One was my favorite. that and the Snow were my two favorite ships, right? What was a Snowspeeder? Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah like yeah. an Hoth. empire. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, I had the Adat. Now I'm I'm talking spaceship, not Walker, okay. right? Because Adat's totally my favorite. Well,
1: the Snowspeeder wasn't really a spaceship. It was
2: just made for True. Hoth. True. So so flying craft, I guess. But but Slave One. For me, it was always the speeders. Oh, speeder bikes are rad!
1: That was my favorite.
2: Did you not think when they did the previous episode where they're on the rocks and they're they're going through all that rock that you're like, this is a future ride? They're gonna I do. Would,
1: a, I know, I wasn't thinking about
2: that. They're gonna do. We're we're they're gonna build a ride where you're on a speeder bike and you're going through some kind of 3D thing. Mark my words on that. That is my prediction.
1: Uh, that's if Disney survives, Gavin Newsom. No kidding, right? Apparently, they're suing him. Well, it's about time. What took him so long? Yeah, but everyone's suing him. He doesn't really? even care. Everybody's suing everybody. Like, of course. in my pocket. States are suing
2: other states right now. It's kind of, kind of going nuts. But, anyways, um, back to Star Wars, my friend. Um, the Razor Crest is like Slave One, where it. I loved all the carbonite, so I, I joined Hasbro's Kickstarter to build this freaking thing. And so I have a copy coming to me of this amazing model of this thing. I spent way too much money on this Kickstarter. And they're like, if we reach this milestone, you get this. And there are these incredible milestones, like all the hanging carbonites with all the like aliens in them that comes, I get like six things of carbonite. I have the little egg pod with the child, dude, it's unreal. And I'm such a nerd, and I totally flopped down 300 bucks of my hard-earned cash to get this Razor Crest. Apparently, like tens of thousands of other people did the same, and we're all getting it. Yeah, look it up, dude. It's awesome. I'm not It's legit. It up. <laughs> I saw you typing. You're like, what to do when you're bored recording a podcast? Google, hit search. <laughs> <laughs> Not looking it up. When Peyton won't shut up about Star Wars and do the podcast on church planting, Google hit search. Google hit <laughs> search. So, okay. Uh, one other thing I want to announce. Uh, C.S. Lewis, Max McLean has been playing him now. He did Screw Tape Letters. He did The Great Divorce. He's been doing these on Broadway Um, amazing. And Max McLean is the guy that, you know, back in the nineties was known for reading the Bible. Well, anyways, he's been doing C.S. Lewis, um, looks like a dead ringer for him when he gets dressed up and they're doing a biopic of him called the most reluctant convert. And I got to say around Christmas time, I watched the Narnia films again. There's something about C.S. Lewis and Christmas for me, it's probably the Narnia thing with Father Christmas and the White Witch, but that is a must-watch Christmas movie in the Jones house. Um, But anyways, I am beyond excited about this biopic. If you follow me um, on Facebook, you will see I posted a link to it. You can check it out. And uh, if you don't get my newsletter, by the way, I am starting to head into a big blog season. In advance of my new book, if you order Church Plantology, I apologize. They um, This is a nightmare, Pete. Listen to this. They have been, <laughs> I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. They have been editing the wrong manuscript. What do you mean? Well, I handed in my final edits, and they somehow didn't get changed. Mm-hmm. And so they've been typesetting and working on the wrong version of my book. So they're like, well, that puts the book back two weeks. So the book comes out two weeks later. If you're pre-ordered, you got an email that said, hey, uh, the, the release date of this book has changed. So just get ready for that. Um, but anyways, um, you probably want to sign up to my newsletter if you haven't yet. That's ministryninja.com. Um, I'm going to be giving out links to discounts. I'm going to be given sneak peeks. I'm going to be starting uh, a pretty cool blog and I'm going to probably be giving away a free course in future um, which uh, w- around that time I'm going to talk about it, on this podcast. Is it
1: uh, Origami Churches? Is that the course? Is it on Ooh. how to do an origami church? Ooh, that's good. Tell me more about this. I want to. Well, I'm just saying innovative. this is the steeple. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember the rest of it. Do you remember
2: this is the church and this is the steeple. Open it up and where's there? people. There's all the people. But there's if you do it backwards, it's this is the church and this is the steeple. Open it up and where's all the people, right? You can <laughs> fold your hands differently. So in today's COVID world, that's what we would do. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. If you fold your hands
1: over or under, you can change the story there. And if you're not watching us on Facebook, well, you
2: have no idea what we're talking about. You missed our hand gestures. Mm. Pete and I me So a it was my uh, my twenty first anniversary
1: this. last week.
2: Yeah, I I did see on Facebook, and apparently you told your wife what every woman longs to hear mm. on the morning of.
1: Oh crap! Is that today? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and she looked at you and said, "I've never loved you Dude, so w- much." what was so
1: funny moment. is, like, we're not morning people. No one in my well, my son's a morning person, but the rest of us are not morning people and i just got out of the shower it's about eight o'clock they've already eaten i'm making my breakfast so i'm cooking on the stove and all of a sudden jamie just goes oh honey all like happy and stuff and i'm like what is this all about <laughs> why are you doing this and she comes running over gives me this big hug happy anniversary and i'm like oh crap is that today i literally just did not remember
2: that is so funny but you know she doesn't get hurt right she's cool with that i think she just laughed
1: she didn't get me and anything. she's like
2: i didn't get her anything it's no perfect. that's what you think she's like she's the reason she took she, it back the reason she laughed is she's like oh don't worry you already bought me a purse i know you love me right and you're like i bought you a purse and you're like oh yeah what's you funny did.
1: is uh Josh Henry from SimplifyChurch.com. You know, SimplifyChurch.com.
2: Does this mean we don't have to do the ad at the end? What is SimplifyChurch.com, Pete?
1: They help you out with all your payroll, your accounting, uh, a workman's comp. Uh, If you need help with a website, they're there to help you. They do everything for you, Peyton. SimplifyChurch.com.
2: Oh, I'll check it out and leave it to the multi-tool to start up right that's going on in the background. Oh, we I can't, can't get it. through one of their ads without it getting run. Can you hear that? Barely. I it's pretty loud noticed. on my... Yeah, I
1: wouldn't have even noticed had you not said Dude, it. Dude, we're drywalling, baby. Well, he sends... Because uh, I'm doing some, some Facebook work for him. He sends this big old package. Mm. It's a real wreath. And like... I see it and my wife... If you've ever seen my house, she's really into Christmas, right? And I'm like, happy anniversary, honey. It's a little late. It's a wreath for you.
2: <laughs> I'm, a re-gifter.
1: I'm a re-gifter.
2: I love it, dude. I love it. Nothing wrong with that. And she knew it came from your heart.
1: That's right. And my heart came from Josh Henry,
2: simpletouchchurch.com. Women, women love. So he sent you something?
1: You missed the whole part of the story, but that's okay. Don't worry about it.
2: Well, I was a little distracted by this going in the background. It's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping it stops soon. I don't get that he sent you something. How can he send me something?
1: I already said because I'm doing other work for him. Oh man, come on, man! Pay attention to me. I, I was trying. I'm, I'm, I was hurting. trying, but
2: it's really hard. It's, it's really hurting. hard over here. It's hurting. <laughs> it's hurting your soul. Well, hey, um. What what else has been going on in your life? Uh, that was all I had for that was all like, your smack talk?
1: I, you know. That was it.
2: I can't think of but anything. we're halfway now. We're halfway through the podcast. So well, you know that's maybe important. we should get in topic. I don't know. Can't think of anything. Pete, let me ask you before we get started, do you have any values? No, I have no values. You know that. <laughs> I have no values and no scruples. What what uh but you do have values, right? I don't know what that means. Well, uh, you have certain principles you operate by, right? Like uh, uh,
1: gun control, two hands are better than one. Is that what you mean?
2: <laughs> I like it. Um, no, but like I, I remember at one point you, you, made, a, you made a point point. We we're working together like, hey, we can't have one dude do all the work, right? And the other dude just collect. So I remember, and it's not that you were doing all the work. Now, admittedly, you were doing most of the work. I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'll take your word uh, for it. No, no, no. I remember you saying, like, in in, always with partnerships, one person will always end up doing.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: And you're like, you know, there there has to. You got to define that. You got to define who's going to do what. Blah Mm blah blah. I would say that's a value, right? Like, where one person, you know, it's a certain rule or principle that you operate by. Everybody has values. Whether they define them or not, and the way that you often know um, what your values are is what you can't what you can't tolerate anymore, right? If something goes, if you dig and scratch deep enough, you'll find a value underneath that, which is kind of like a principle or rule that's a non negotiable for you, right? So a lot of people have them. Like for example, one of the values I have in my marriage is my wife can't date other dudes, right? Now we don't go around talking about this, right? It's not even really clearly spoken in our marriage. But it's there. It's an unspoken value.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. This
2: if I find my wife going to Del Taco with some other dude and they're sharing a burrito, munching from opposite ends so their mouths meet in the middle, wow. I'll be really upset about that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I would just, I would frown upon that sort of thing. But, you know, everybody has values. Um, Tom Shoes has values, right? Ooh. Tom Shoes is like, hey, you know, we believe that uh, we should, you know, in in the wealthy part of the world, we should give shoes to people in non-wealthy parts of the world. So every time you buy a shoe, you know, we're going to give a shoe to someone who doesn't have shoes. That would be a value, right? Like that would be a principle by which they operate that informs their practices as a business or organization, so today is is church planning, um, uh, a church planning podcast. I want to talk about values. So that's my intro, and Pete, you can cue us up, and we'll jump straight into it.
1: Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> I,
2: I love the homemade sound effects. It's so good. So
1: that's how you, you know we're we're definitely eight years
2: in. When it's like, no. eh, throw out all that tech stuff. We can do it just ourselves. Yeah, we're just as good as all these. We don't need them. Let me pull up my uh, my notes here. Because I actually happened today, Pete. Get myself situated. I've just been looking deeply into your your eyes this whole time. <laughs> Did I make it weird? <laughs> um, just if little. I
1: listened to you, I'm sure
2: it would be weird. So uh, I remember when I did a video on this for um, North American Mission Board, uh, the SIND Network, as they like to be called, um, I, I asked the question, we did these series of training videos, and I, and I juxtaposition the values of the Sith, right, which is anger and power and you know, all that kind of stuff, um, versus the Jedi, right? That whole thing is values-based. The Jedi versus Sith. It's all based on values, right? No, uh, have no attachments. These are all the Jedi values, right? Um, peace, tranquility, wisdom, yada, yada. It's all Jedi values. But I did this uh, intro to it where I said, what do Tom Shoes, McDonald's, America, and the Church of Satan all share in common? And when I made them, <laughs> when I said in the Southern Baptist, I threw them in there. And I said, what do they all share in common? And one of my coworkers is like, you're never going to get away with that. They're never going to let you. And sure enough, they did. They let me do it. And uh, so all these symbols went up. You know, I had the Jedi. And, had, and you still work
1: for the Southern Baptist, right?
2: I don't understand why, Pete. I don't know what happened. But no, I do not. Well, gosh, <laughs> uh, maybe they didn't allow it. So, uh, no, in fairness, um they were actually really fun uh minus the no drink and beer part but um they they were fun. but I, I i regularly um made jokes about it just to ease the pain but what was uh was really the reason i don't work for them is cuz the travel is just too hard on a on a family on a young family number one all the guys i worked with were much older than me so sorry guys I mean throw you under the bus but you old um <laughs> Anyways, uh but every every church planner should have values. Like if you haven't defined them, you kind of need to. Because what they're going to do, they're they're your DNA and they're they're going to they're going to be there hanging in the air. What I like to say is that values are not just your DNA like the intrinsic operating system you have. They're also um they create the atmosphere. So when people walked into Refuge Long Beach, Pete, they knew what our values were, right? Like they, they could feel them, right? Like if you walked into Refuge Long Beach, what would you say were the values? Like if, if you didn't know what they were, if we hadn't defined them, what would you say was a at Refuge?
1: Man, a value at the Refuge? Well, I don't know if this is what you mean, but we ate as a community. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a weekly thing.
2: Yeah. So one of our values um, key to that was, um, and, and this is, this is, as I say, your values. And I stole this from Will Mancini, um, his church unique, where he he says your values often are communicated through catchphrases. So one of our values was um, we would say only three things have to happen. So we would say this mantra and it was we have to hear from God. God has to hear from us. So we have to hear from God as a word. Um, or prophecy, God has to hear from us. That was worship or prayer, and then um, we have to hear from each other. Was the one that you're you're referencing. Church had to be interactive, right? And one of the other things we'd say is um, we sit in those, not in rows. You know, so uh, people would hear. Oh, we sit in circles or half circles. We sit in those, not in rows. And so uh sometimes when we're cheeky we'd say os before rose um <laughs> but uh i don't know you you didn't seem to think that was as funny as i did but uh, clearly i didn't no you did you you just gave me the the poker face on that one that's
1: why you're going to get fired again
2: <laughs> from the podcast
1: this time well from somebody somebody's going to do it
2: for sure for sure but you know there was that whole idea of interaction and so people experience your values before they actually usually know what they are it's the atmosphere in the room so i said it's the dna running everything behind the scenes if you're you can't hide your dna right like if if i have an ugly face that's part of my dna right if i have three eyeballs that's part of my dna i i think oh that's my dna you can't see that but you're always going to see it right it's like the internal operating system on a phone the ios an iphone you see the apps, but if the iOS breaks, you know, your apps are gonna get funky, right? Your your iOS is even gonna malfunction. So when you walk into a church, if it doesn't have the right DNA, it's not gonna have the right atmosphere, right? So your values are what informs the DNA. It creates your DNA. It's those non-negotiables. It's those things that you're like, this is what we value. And because we value, this is how. We do things. Does that make sense? hmm Any questions about that, Pete? Any thoughts? Any no. dreams that you want to share about the, this? No,
1: I just saw something really funny, and I, I can't
2: repeat it in the middle talk.
1: Oh, okay. It's off topic. All right, all right. And we never go off
2: topic. No, never. Never. You can't share it because it's inappropriate because now I must know.
1: <laughs> it's not that it's inappropriate. It's just the funniest headline I've ever seen. Come on. Come on. Erectile dysfunction drug accidentally packaged oh, no. with antidepressant.
2: <laughs> oh, no! It. Do you think that really happened, though, or do you think that's clickbait?
1: Uh, it's the New York Post, so who knows? And then Fox News has its own. They have their own spin on the headline, which is a lot less funny than the New
2: York Well, Post. let's hope that doesn't happen with some of the vaccines, right? Yeah. <laughs> Side effects of this vaccine are very unusual. So
1: this vaccine lasts more than four hours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Sorry. Pete! Oh, Pete! You gave me the poker face on my drug. What my joke! What am I supposed to do with That's that?
1: The last time you asked me to, yes, <laughs> to, to go deep. Audience,
2: I apologize for my joke and Pete's joke. I. W- <sighs> oh, that was weird. You what? disappeared, and other screens popped up. My email decided to override Th- this, isn't, this
1: isn't, we're not having the, going into hyperspace where uh, all of a sudden people start joining our our oh,
2: oh no, oh no, hopefully not. But uh, it was almost oh. as if divine providence intervened and blocked out your face, you know, for a second. After that shameful display of, I'm just teasing. Um, so, okay, so, uh, so here's the deal. Values for a church planter, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna create your your DNA, yada yada. But here let me say this at the outset that you can't have values as a church planter that you don't personally model. Right? So, like if if the church is gonna say we're not about all about money, you as the planter can't be all about money, right? Or it's gonna be disingenuous, it's gonna be empty and hollow. And it's going to get ignored. It's going to be mocked, actually. It's going to lead to a greater disrespect. If you set a value in front of your people and say, we're all about this, and your life totally contradicts it, like we're all about reaching and loss, and you don't ever do anything to reach a loss. You're you're literally just telling your people, hey, this is this is how I suck, right? And don't get me wrong. Like you don't have to be perfect on your values. You can suck at actually reaching your values. If you are actually modeling someone on the way, you know, to, to getting to those values, you have to actively be in pursuit of the behaviors that those values uh, embody, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh I would say, That um, if you're like, oh, where does all this value talk come from? You know, because I don't know about you, but like if you talk to church planners, they're going to get this. And and most of the time it's because they've read Will Mancini's book on um, Church Unique, which is, hey, what are your values? You know, the, you know, what are the, what are the, it's kind of, he goes back to they're like the motive for why you're doing things, the principles by which you operate. Well, here's the deal God communicated his values. Um, from the start, I mean, you could go back to creation and God tells them be fruitful and multiply. Those are the, those are the values that, that I have is that you would be fruitful and that you would multiply God models, uh, relationship by walking with Adam every day in the, in the, in the cool of the day in the garden. So it's about intimacy and relationship. And then he puts the tree in there. So he, he, that one of his values is trust right? You have to trust me and I, I will trust you. I will trust you to be in this garden, um, but you must trust me and trust my word that when I tell you not to do something, that it, it, it's for your own good. So there was the value of trust that the relationship was built on, which they totally screwed up, right? Which, um, you know, caused the fall. But that was one of God's values. I always tell people that faith, um, just in the same way we're saved there, they were preserved by faith back in the garden. And if you want to read a really good book about that, it's called Unity of the Bible. Um, hold on. Yeah, it's called Unity of the Bible, and it's by Fuller. So you can you can get that book. And he kind of contradicts, not to go hyper-theological nerd here, but he contradicts covenant theology and dispensational theology. And it says, actually, both of you are wrong. It was a covenant of faith. It was never the covenants of works and grace. It was covenants of faith. Faith has always been a part of our relationship with God, and it always will be a part of our relationship with God, except for you know when we're uh, in heaven, and uh, then faith is done. You don't need faith anymore. The only thing that will exist for eternity is love, according to First Corinthians thirteen. Faith will pass away. Hope will pass away. Those will both be fulfilled. Um, But anyways, so values are how God's communicated to his people, right? He he defined the characteristics, expectations, and values of the relationship. So uh, when you plant a church, it's really important that you do that because if you don't set the values of your church plant, what will happen is other people will smuggle them in they will bring their own values in and they will start to dominate your church plant with their own values. And this is kind of Pete, you know, I mean, you've worked for different companies, right? If, if the company is not constantly saying what they value, people will bring their own values to the workplace and that's not what you want. Right. If you're, if you're representing God in a church plant or you're representing the mission of God in a, in a community, you have to constantly communicate um, what that's going to look like. If you think about the epistles, the epistles are Paul correcting their value system, right? He writes to the Galatians and goes, hey, your value systems, it's not converted, right? Let me write to you about this and that and that and that. I need to write to you about faith. I need to write you about grace. You need to value this, not legalism. If he writes to the Corinthians, he says, hey, you need to value peacemaking, not taking your brother to court, or you need to value Purity not sleeping with prostitutes or you need all the epistles. Paul really is writing to them gospel values, hoping that it will be the outworking of their life. So God always is communicating to us both in the old Testament with the 10 commandments. Hello. All right. Those were values. This is what I value. This is what you should value. Um, God has always communicated his values both in the old and the new Testament. So, uh, anyways, um, Mark Driscoll said this, and I really like this because uh, Driscoll says that values should not be confused with ideals. Sometimes people hear what I'm saying right here and they go, oh, ideals, cool. I have those. Um, this, is, this is what Mark Driscoll says. He says, values are the triggers for how people spend their time, money, and energy. So he says this, I'm going to quote him, values can be tricky because they are often little more than ideals, what people merely wish they valued and cared for, what they are committed to in theory, but not in practice. Many vegetarians still eat meat sometimes. Environmentalists don't recycle. Employees don't work. And Christians don't read their Bibles or pray. Ideals are what you want. Values are what you do. Ideals become values only if they're lived out. But boom, right? Mic drop. That that is so profound right there. So, any thoughts on that, Pete? No. Are you listening? You're not listening to me, huh? (laughs) I don't believe you, Peter. I don't believe you. Okay. I I didn't believe you about, or I didn't listen to you about Josh Henry. So, I don't, uh, I, I know I have it coming, Pete.
1: One of my friends, um, his, his parents voted for uh, Biden, and he's so upset about it. He's never going to visit their graves again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's rad.
1: <laughs> this is why you don't ask me for input in this serious time. So,
2: so just so you know, listeners of the podcast, if you ever go to Pete's Facebook wall, he has the best memes on there. Now I know what part of this week he's spending collecting them. (laughs) When do you have time to harvest these? It's during the second half of our podcast. That's where Pete's getting them. I have a thick skin. I'm an author. I'm used to people buying my book and never reading it. I'm used to this. Hey,
1: that's the whole point. Buy the book. I don't care if you read it. Buy the book. Oh,
2: man. I tell you, you know...
1: I used to have a line in my bio because I've written all these books. I'm like thousands have been sold, but none have ever been
2: read. (laughs) That's rad. (laughs) That's rad. Well, you know, it's funny because um, I've been surprised because I hit I hit out the book for um, um, endorsements, and I got them back last week. Which version? (laughs) What was the right version? Okay. Um, But but guys are um, guys I really respect are like dude. This is your masterpiece. This, this is the book you were meant to write. Um, and they told me, a couple of the guys, they didn't read all 400 pages. They told me, I read this chapter and that chapter. And dude, you got something special here. So, so I'm it was so really good, excited.
1: It caused them not to read the whole book. Gotcha. That's, that's the I got you.
2: Some guys read the whole away thing. From that. But I mean, these are guys like Brian Sanders, one of my uh, personal favorites. Um, he was very excited about it. And um, man, I, I, Daniel Yang. He he read two chapters, and I think he read the two most important chapters actually. Um, but I, I'm excited. Like when I see other people getting one excited of those books about it, that
1: you're not supposed to read the last chapter first, so you don't know how it ends.
2: It's so funny you say that because it, there is a there's a progression in the book that I was very careful to build, but I kept. Editing from the front to back, like you do, well, I'll start a chapter one again and go through and edit. And you always run out of time at the end. So at the end, I worked backwards. And I think it really helped the book. So I went 20, 19, 18, 17, 20, now.
1: good night.
2: There's 20 chapters, 400 pages. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of book, but when I'm looking at the page numbers right now, and I think it's because it's in a word document it's like 500, 600. So I think once it gets into the actual book, it's 400, but keep in mind, I got a second book. I'm still weighing what to do with that thing. I don't know, man. But anyways, what I was going to say is uh, what happens a lot um, with values uh, is you have to, your values will change, but they shouldn't change out of convenience. Like, and, and the reason that the values will change is sometimes the mission changes as the church grows or that definitely happened with Refuge Long Beach. The mission shifted at times and it should shift. Your mission shouldn't be like, this is our mission. And it just stays that way for 20, 30 years. Um I think when that happens, it's laziness. It's people not seeking God. It's people not reevaluating the opportunities and asking for divine intervention and God to open doors. I don't think it stays the same. The the mandate to preach the gospel will always be there, but the the mission is more of the specific outworking of what's that going to look like. Right. But the values will sometimes change. So for example um, uh, you mentioned eating together. That wasn't, from day one, that wasn't part of our thing, but that became a value and we began to embrace that as a New Testament principle that would be right for refuge Long Beach, probably for the rest of its existence um, but it wasn't there at the beginning, so that was an added value that came later. Does that make sense sure um, i I mean uh, I had had like pastries and coffee in my other churches but um, and I did have a meal in um a church plan I did, which I never thought of it as a church plant till years later. And I'm like, oh, you plan a church there. You met on Sunday nights every week. You had this, this it was the, you know, it was in the University Town of Lampeter. I pretty much planned another church, which is why my the church I was a pastor of got so ticked off about it, I guess. But <laughs> I never thought of it as a church plant. When I look back, I'm like, that was a church plan. That's exactly what you did. So uh but but, my point is um things things change, even the discussion in that one that that became a value on the way, so your values you shouldn 't be like user are values are set in stone they 'll never change. You can add values and you can morph values and you can drop values if it serves the mission, but you should never do that out of convenience and so, for example, when pillar church grew to a certain size I've mentioned this before. Um, numbers are always going to change dynamics and numbers tend to water down values. So you can imagine (coughs) Refuge, Long Beach, if it got, if it turned into a mega church, unless we were absolutely brutal about these are our values, we would start morphing into an audience based, everybody sitting in rows just watching the show mega church, right? So your values kind of keep you, Hey, we don't value that. I remember when I was handing over pillar, the guy who came in, he was looking at that time, we we're about 120, which is huge in Wales, right? I mean, that was a, that was a massive church. And he was looking at it. He's like, hey, we've outgrown the size of this building. He goes, you could, but you know, you could answer this overnight. You could just put it in rows. And, and I was like, and he goes, you know, because I mean, isn't that? You know, you could fit three times as many people if you eliminated these coffee tables. And he goes, that's, that's the goal, right? To reach as many people as you can. I looked at him and I said, that's never been my goal. My, my goal has never been to have as many people in this room as I can. I mean, reaching lost people. So that's, yeah. that
1: brings up a good question. Do you know if they still have the coffee tables now?
2: They don't? Well, you know, I don't know. I think they do now sit in rows, but they're not as big as we were, it's definitely not a space thing. Um, what I've found and I have to go back because I know they do also still have discussion sometime, but I don't think they sit the same. And I know refuge long beach even changed it up. Um, when I left, they started like changing the discussion. And let me say this. I think that's a good thing. If I come back and it's exactly the same as how I left it. Well, but you're, the whole bad. talk
1: this time has been, you know, if you don't, lead by the values. And then you're, you're basically saying, yeah, but then those values got to change when you leave. I mean, come on, what's the point then of having the values?
2: Well, and here's the thing is when you hand over a church, that leader that comes in, they're going to, they're going to have to walk to it. I can't maintain the values for them after I'm gone.
1: Well, I think maybe you just need to be more careful about who you allow to come in as the leader. So true. Because, well, and I will
2: say this, probably I will to say- be
1: grown up from within.
2: Yeah. It's so funny you say that. Now I got to be really careful here because when I handed that church plan off, I think I handed it to the wrong dude, but he handed it off to the right dude. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why the discussion and all that stuff has been coming back and Barry's there. So Barry's always give me a good report. Hey, the church is doing really well. So I can't honestly say um, that I actually, I don't keep that great of tabs on pillar to be honest um, well, yeah, but I know I mean, it's been years. I mean, come on. it has, dude. I mean, if you think about it, I planted that thing 15 freaking years ago. Wow. 15 years ago, dude. It's weird, man. Like today's the 10th and five days marks the 10 year anniversary of when I came back. So I have the 15th set aside as a day of prayer, fasting and reflection. Um, just as, wow, Lord, I've been here 10 years back off the field from Europe. And uh, I don't necessarily, I know it's going to sound weird, but I don't necessarily feel good about that. I don't, I don't really feel like, um, I don't really feel like I've, I've necessarily done everything that I was supposed to do um, in the last 10 years since I've been back. So I got to weigh through that one. I need some time in prayer. I'm hitting that weird age. I was chatting with Mac Lake this morning hitting that weird age. And he told me this happens. He goes, you get at a point where you're not thinking about impact. And I got past that a couple of years ago. I started thinking about Mm -hmm. influence Um, to influence is better than to impact. Impact is what happens when I'm there. Case in point, like pillar, I impacted when I was there, but now I have the ability to influence when I'm not there. Influence is more powerful than impact. Um, Mm -hmm. Paul was able to influence by writing his epistles when he wasn't there. Impact is what happens when you stay in a place. But Mac Lake, um, when, still one of my most important mentors says, he, he looked at me a couple of years ago, he goes, have you started thinking about your legacy? And I said, what does that mean? He goes, w- like the 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 thing that you will have contributed to the body of Christ that goes on long after you're dead. I don't know if there will be any legacy. I don't know if, that, if that's the definition. I don't know. But he goes, your legacy is what, like, when you think of Spurgeon, his legacy was Christ-centered preaching. When you think of Tozer, it was a prophetic voice um, to the church. When you think of Keith Green, it was his no-compromise attitude. You know, I mean, when you think of, like, what people's legacy is. So, I'm heading into that season in life that you can do one of two things when you start hitting your 50s. You can either uh, have a midlife crisis and go nuts and freak everyone else out and destroy your family, or you can, or you can start thinking about legacy. I think I'm going to think about legacy, but, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm rounding that bend right now in my thought process, but this 10 year milestone coming up is one of those things. And so to a certain degree, Pete, the values that like, I'm feeling my own values changing right now. Right now, my family is the most important thing. It took two kids for me to feel. I was still very much in a missionary mindset with one kid. Two kids kicked in, and you and I were talking back then. I started thinking a lot more about security. I'm like, oh, I have two, two little mouths now. Oh, that changes things. I started shifting. Um, there, there has been a, I, I don't know, man. I got I to gotta, I gotta get away with Jesus and think about my own values. So that'll, that'll come up this week. That's Tuesday. Do you hear that in the background?
1: Mic drop. <laughs>
2: Mic drop. So there's, there's a lot more to say about values, which I won't say here, but it will be in my book. I will say that. Church Plantology, ching which you can order right now, and it's got a later release date two weeks later. You can check that out. Awesome. That's it. We're out of time, dude. So uh Pete, when um you're not doing all this advertising for uh simplifiedchurch.com, what do you do? Uh it's December, so I don't do a
1: lot. I watch a lot of Law and Order <laughs> on TV. Do you really? Do you watch Law and Order? With uh me and the pup. Really? Yeah, we have cuddle time in the morning. The kids all go, are you going to go cuddle with Zoe now? I go, yes, I am.
2: Dun, 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 dun. That music, Law & Order. Yeah. Dun, dun. <laughs> Put on
1: a little Law & Order. Pup goes hey, to sleep next to me. We're good.
2: 90s TV is just good TV, man. Dude,
1: that really show is. I think
2: is still going. It is still going. That's the longest running TV show in the history of TV shows, if is I'm it? not mistaken. I believe wow. it is. Yeah. Law & Order. Low Law & Order. But uh, Golden Girls, check in with any Golden Girls? Uh, no, no, no. no, 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 not no. really I have, Golden Girls kind of guy. You know I have Golden Girls stickers on my on my iPhone, right? That I send in chats. Have I ever Golden Girled you? No. Um... I used to do it with my coworkers when I was at Send Network all the time. I would send them all Golden Girls like stickers. Like One would be like Lance Day and Quietly Trash. Let me ask you something. Do you still work for them? No, I think we found another reason they could have pulled the plug no. on you. It's so funny. Somebody I was talking to, remember Clint Clifton that we interviewed? Yeah, he's got another podcast. Um, he was gonna, we were maybe gonna hand it off to him, and uh, and, and we did the
1: values it. thing came up, and that just didn't happen.
2: <laughs> we we actually had people write in. Uh, never mind, but but anyways, uh, <laughs> somebody told me they were talking to him recently, and he goes. They're saying, oh, yeah, Peyton Jones. And he goes, yeah, Peyton didn't fit in very well around here. He was kind of radical for North American Mission Board. So I didn't know, you know, I just knew people looked at me funny and treated me like the kid who smelled. So, but, uh, hi, family. (laughs) They were being so good. They're sneaking out behind you. Now the kids actually had shoe signs in front of them. Oh, cool. Hi, kids! Hi, family! They My dog worry. is getting big. Oh, dude! I love it. I'm that glad she's sassy. alive. We almost lost her and you in the same week. I know. What's I up know. with that?
1: Hey, uh, I got a I got a, another surgery coming up on the 28th.
2: You do? Yeah. So we'll do another Pete's Pete's last podcast again. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, it's part two, baby. It's part two.
2: Yeah. All right. I'll I'll, I'll look. I'll look. I'll look forward to that. Well, the best hey, part now, about
1: surgery? They give you narcotics when you leave the hospital.
2: <laughs> that's from a movie. I don't Dude. remember what movie that's is from. Is it? Yeah. I just know it's true. Yeah. I remember Forrest Gump saying the best thing about having a, a surgery is all the, or getting, getting bullets taken out of your buttocks is all the ice cream. Remember when he said that? Man, That's I a terrible first gump impression.
1: I should get shot then because I love ice cream.
2: You remember that? He's, he's laying on his stomach on his bed with the yeah. bandage on his butt and he's licking ice cream. That's the yep. best. Yep. There's so many great one-liners from that that should appear in our podcast. And Oh Brother, where are thou? I remember sending you a buttload of those. Yeah, I still think that movie is stupid. Oh my gosh. I—I I, You and I are totally
1: different. Like The we more are. we get to know each other, the more I'm like, man, we just are so different.
2: I swear to you, when I watch that movie, I laugh so hard, I cry. It, it reduces me to tears. I cannot, I cannot watch that without laughing the entire time and crying because I'm laughing so hard. I, I can't breathe when I watch that movie. There's something about George Clooney in that. I'm in a tight spot. I'm in a tight spot. I don't know. Have you just seen it once? Once. Watch it again. Nope. I'm telling you. Watch nope. it again. It will change everything. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. <laughs> I didn't like it the first time I saw it.
1: Uh yeah, that's kind of how I judge a movie if I'm <laughs> going to watch it a second time. I did just watch uh rewatch, I should say, The Matrix. Yes, and still holds up, man. What oh, an incredible yes, movie. Does. Oh my gosh. You know, Matrix 4 is coming out this next year, I and it's do know. and it's going direct to HBO Max. Oh. All the Warner Brothers movies are going direct to HBO Max the day they are released in the theaters.
2: I am still waiting for Time Bandits, the show. Oh, wow, we're so different. Oh Those yes, we are.
1: Little people, they scare me. That movie made me weird. That it scares me.
2: Yeah, yeah. That movie's weird, and I loved it as a kid. And I'm convinced it made me weird, Pete.
1: I'm convinced it did too.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, church planner. Thanks for joining us today. (laughs) See what happens when we do our sponsor ad up front. We just revert back to smack talk. Pretty much. We always get the same amount of smack talk. So, Hey, thanks for joining us today. This has been Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones reminding you, if you want to reach, see now that the, Oh my gosh. If you want to reach ones, no one's reaching. You got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Dang it.